0: Here is Bryce Johnson.
1: And joining us now is former NFL linebacker Corey Miller. He played his college football at South Carolina and was drafted in the sixth round in 1991 by the New York Giants. He spent eight seasons with them and then one season with the Minnesota Vikings. His son Christian is a rookie for the Carolina Panthers. Corey is currently a speaker, an evangelist, and broadcaster who goes by the nickname the Pastor of Pain. You can follow him on Twitter, Pastor of Pain. Corey, thanks so much for joining us. How are you?
2: I am doing great, and thank you guys so much for having me. And, uh, you know, just a uh, beautiful time uh, in my life and uh, really just enjoying what God is doing.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Well, I want to talk all about your your faith and, and we'll we'll jump into that in just a little bit. But let let's start in the NFL and as a former NFL linebacker, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the top two teams in the league, the 49ers and the Patriots, both having the top defenses and winning with defense. In, a, in an era that's all about quarterbacks and fantasy football and stats on the offensive side, what have you made of these two teams kind of carrying the, the, the torch this year for, for defenses?
2: Well, i start the AFC, definitely nothing uh, surprising. When you look at the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick and, and their defense and how they play, uh, you know, you go back, and I think, the last couple of Super Bowls that the Patriots have won uh, you know, really, we talk about Tom Brady. Of course, the quarterback gets all the glory most of the time. But really, like even last year, Brady's numbers weren't really good, but it was the defense. So, you know, being able to uh, stop the run and being able to run the football, that was a difference, you know, in winning or losing a Super Bowl. So I'm not shocked, you know, what the Patriots are doing. Uh, somewhat, though, when you look at the 49ers, uh, you know, just even coming off a week against some Panthers, man, they were just dynamic. They've mm. been playing great football. All season long, I mean, going into that Panthers game, they're only giving up, I believe, ten points or less. I um, mean, they were shutting people out. I mean, then they get you in third and long, and that 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 defensive front—it's just, I mean, really just good, fast, quick off the edges. They get good middle pressure, very athletic at the tackle positions. The linebackers can run, and then of course you got Richard Sherman, and others in that secondary has been around and been a part of great defense. So, so, kind of shocked how quickly they have just really arrived on the scene. But man watching them play the Panthers and how how great they got at the quarterback was pretty
1: impressive. Absolutely. So, so following that, that game with the Panthers, I I know you, you follow them closely and of course your son plays for them. And I want to ask you about that, but what's your big takeaway from the loss from the Panthers perspective and kind of has your outlook on the, the overall season changed at all based on that one game, but it was a a blowout game.
2: Yeah. You know, I was watching it. I was down, uh, Daniel Island at, uh, Orlando Jam Golf event I do every year watching it uh, kind of by myself. It really was a shock that uh, how they got dominated. I'm going to use the word dominated because I thought they got dominated in the trenches uh, in that ball game. But I don't think you take that one game and, and, you know, you say, hey, this is who we are, Uh, this is our identity. Uh, It is, you know, I'm still excited uh, about what the Panthers can do. Uh, They're a good football team. I think that was a great test going on the road. Uh, and playing a really good forty ers team. Give the 49ers credit. Uh, those guys get paid, too. And the Panthers play their best football. I mean, and you go back and you watch it. I know a lot of people give the Brown very a lot of grief. But really, any game, uh, you go back and you can circle, you know, five, six, seven plays, explosive plays. And you go, that was the difference in the ballgame. Mm. And, and I think you go look at that tape and you go, man, there were some major mistakes made. And, you know, the turnovers and things like that. And that uh, San Francisco capitalized on it, the big runs. Uh, where gap fits weren't good. I mean, I, you know, that 3-4 defense uh, is a good defense. I played in it pretty much for the most of my career. I know uh, you can do a lot of really good things in that, but it's also one of those defenses where you, if you get out of gap integrity mm. and one guy not getting the proper fit, you're going to get gashed. And that was evident in that 49er game that, uh, you know, guys got it out of the gap integrity, and that's happened before. This is not the first time. I've seen runs, explosive runs. Against that Panthers defense before, because guys are not in their proper gaps and they got gashed. But I, I do think the Panthers are still a good football team. They're going to come back at home. You know, you play a good, solid Tennessee team uh, who just made a change at quarterback. So uh, I like their chances of getting their fifth win of the year and just kind of build off that. Sometimes you need a wake up call, a mm-hmm. loss, an embarrassment uh, to propel you uh, to that next level.
1: Yeah, hopefully that that's what it is for for sure. Corey Miller, our guest right now on unpacking it. Former NFL linebacker spent nine years in the NFL after playing uh, his college football at South Carolina, and and of course the the big debate locally in Charlotte, but but even nationally is the quarterback situation with the Panthers, and a lot of it is you know contingent on the the injury to, to Cam Newton and his health. But but where do you come out? Just kind of on the, the the debate and the discussion and the the ultimate decision that that will have to be made in regards to Cam Newton. And, and Kyle Allen in that quarterback position?
2: Hey, I'm riding with Cam Newton. I, I mean, I'm not, as a former player and been around this game for a long, long time, several decades, you know, I'm not moved. I mean, I, I can appreciate and really been a part of this team with my son, you know, uh, the job that Kyle Allen has come in and done and really been a great, great fill in for Cam Newton. But let's, let's not get crazy, you know, and I tell people this all the time that, you know, he's not Cam Newton. I mean, yeah, last year, dating back to last year and then the first two games this season, it was bad, but the guy was hurt. You know, you coming off the shoulder, now you got that list. Frank injury, I mean, just, you know, he wasn't himself. I mean, you're talking about a former MVP of the NFL, a guy probably, maybe the best player in the history uh, of, of Carolina football, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, I mean, so I, I think when he's healthy, I think – what Cal Allen has done, and Panther fans should be excited about it, is the fact that he he's given them a, a good quarterback to fill in while their star is getting healed. That they don't have to rush him back and try to put him in the ball game when he's not healthy, and then things go downhill. But what you got in Allen is a guy that I think in the future could do some good things. But right now, there's no way, and I think it was evident at, the, at, the, at San Francisco that they're not ready to make that move full-time. And people talking about trading Cam Newton, I was like, you got to be kidding me. You know how hard it is to get really good quarterbacks in this league now? There's not that many. Think about it. There's yeah. not that many really good quarterbacks, top-notch quarterbacks, and you're going to just give one away because mm. he's you to know, battle some injuries the last you know, 8, 10 outings that he's played, and now you got a, an opportunity to get the guy back healthy. He's still young. hes I mean, he's what, eight years, nine years in the league. I mean, this guy is still young. He's, you know, taking care of his body better. He's been better with his decision-making. He's going to have a five, six more quality years, in my opinion. And I just don't see no way, no how. When healthy, that they make any type of quarterback. I think that would be a horrible decision, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, it's an interesting perspective, and we're halfway through the season, so, so plenty of games left uh, if Cam does return and, and he can make an impact. Corey Miller, our guest right now, on Unpacking It. So so your son, he's a, a rookie with the Panthers. He's a linebacker as, as well. And, and it's such a, a unique and, and cool thing to think about. Man, a, a dad plays nine years in the NFL. His son now gets the opportunity. And so I'm, I'm wondering, though, did, did you raise your son to be an NFL player? And, and at what point did you know he had what it took to make it?
2: Well, you know... That pride in every father that has a son that plays sports, you know, that's the thing. A daddy's son playing football or following his footsteps. And both my sons, my oldest son, uh, Corey Jr., was a great athlete, probably more athletic uh, than Christian. Uh, he ended up playing football, got recruited, uh, but ended up loving basketball, ended up going out to a little Juco and then, then got out of it. But Christian was that kid that I could tell the story all the time. I played him at about four or five years old on my little pop morning team in Columbia, South Carolina. he's playing with his older brother. Should not have been playing, really. Hmm. But I put him out there. I was, a, I was a coach. I could monitor the situation. And we are doing tackling drills. This little older kid, man, he just floored Christian. And Christian was crying, and I was like, oh, my Lord, what have I done? I got my son hurt. You know, people are going to come after me. Uh. You know, and he popped up, and he said, Daddy, I want to do it again. I want to do it again. Oh. He was mad. I said, okay. I said, I do know. What have Daddy taught you how to tackle? When you're going up against a bigger guy, okay, how did you get him down? How, he can't run without what? He says, he can't run without his legs. And I said, that's where you hit him. Mm. Don't try to hit him up high. You tackle him low. And Christian got in there, and he blew the kid up and uh, at, at like four or five years old. Oh. And I knew then he had something in him that, that you can't teach uh, you know, that, that God gives it to you and that, that desire, that heart, uh, toughness, uh, resiliency to be a great football player. And as, as he went through life and high school, one of the greatest high school players in the state of South Carolina uh, to come through, broke Peter Bowler's records and sacks at his high school, oh, so wow. pro bowler for the Ravens and Florida State. He broke all those records and went to Alabama, though. He had to wait and wait. Uh, you know, went through some difficult uh, injury situations there, but he, he always was resilient, resilient to bounce back after 10 weeks from a torn bicep and going to get a couple of sacks in the postseason to have Alabama win a national championship. And, you know, he ends up where he is right now. So I'm not shocked. Uh, you know, just some, something you know, and I will say this, brother. Uh, one Sunday I had both my kids, and we walked into a church. It was the first time we visited this church, and that pastor, Stopped and said, "That young boy right there will play in the National Football League." And I'll never forget that. Wow! Uh, and he, he spoke that over his life, and and that prophetic word, that prophecy, reigns through today. That's where he is right now with the Panthers playing in the National
1: Football League. A- absolutely, and yeah, it sounds like you know what a proud dad you are. And and so here he is. He's playing. He's getting this opportunity. So what's that dynamic like between you and him? Having you 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 played. You know the game does he come to you do you go to him what what's that that relationship like when it comes to you know offering advice and, and being there for him as he takes these steps into the NFL
2: you know i, I let him come to me i've, I've learned a, a, a powerful lesson and i and i feel partly responsible for my older son because i wanted i really thought he was going to be the guy that played in that football league. i really I mean, i'm telling you this kid was so talented so much ability and i would just say man you got everything. And I was probably a little bit too hard pushing him hmm. and pushing him that I think I've turned him away from the game. I really do. So when it came to Christian, you know, the Lord really just uh, gave me discernment on how to deal with him. And so I let him come to me. I don't I don't forcefully say anything about how he played or, or, you know, what I saw in the game. I mean, I know a lot. I see a lot. I know what they're doing. I can make a lot of comments. I could. Every single game, every play he plays, I watch every single play that he plays. And but I'm ready to have an answer when he asks me. Mm. So, but I let him come to me, and then in what he normally does, and he'll just start talking about it, and that opens the door for me to say, oh, yeah, that's what I saw. You know, what what was the defensive call here, or what were you thinking here in this pass rush, or you know, we we can have dialogue in that way, and and then it's not a confrontation of me telling him what he should be doing, but me listening to him and offering love and, 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 and encouragement uh, from a father that, that he would respect my opinion when he asked. And I've learned that, that we can really just be too strong in our opinion, even as parents with our children, if we're not careful. And uh, I've learned that through my mistakes with my older son. But, uh, you know, I'm, what I do send him is scripture. What I do send him is encouragement from the Lord, mm. who he is who God called him to be, you know, what he can become, and, and about giving God the glory and thanking him for the platform that God, Jesus, has allowed him to have. And that's and he'll tell you, that's that's what I, I forcefully sin, and there's not going to be any stopping that, you know, because I think that that's the thing that uh, he, he needs to understand. That's where his faith and hope and trust lies.
1: Amen. Now, that, that's great advice from Corey Miller. Uh, former NFL linebacker and, and father of Christian Miller, a linebacker with the Carolina Panthers, uh, rookie out of Alabama. And, uh, yeah, I love that perspective, and I think that's an, an encouraging word for, for dads uh, listening today. And, and Corey, uh, we love talking football and, and all that, but, man, we love talking faith. And I'm sure you get this question all the time, but we at least need to, to get it out of the way. So your, your moniker is Pastor of Pain. So, so what, is it, what does it mean and, and how did it start?
2: Well, I was doing a radio show years and years ago, and I first retired in Columbia as a Gamecock Friday, they called it, and I was working with a man named Phil Cornblow, who's been around the media for many, many years, and and uh, I was getting in the pastoring a church, and you know, I was preaching, and and he's like, man, you know, they call Reggie White the minister of defense. Yep. and he's always like, you know, I've known you since you were in high school, which he has, and you were always a big hitter, and man, you put pain on people when you hit people. You you brought pain, and now that you're a pastor, I think you should be called a pastor of pain. And it just <laughs> rang. I mean, it's like, wow, that's pretty awesome. And and I give him the credit because I, he's like, man, I'm telling you, like, that's your that's who you are. You're a pastor. You're know, the football of pain. So I started people start calling me that on the radio show and. Then it went on the TV. And then, I mean, people call me Pastor Payne more than they call me Corey. Oh, wow. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And then, if I go on shows, then people got maybe the greatest Twitter handle that's out there, the Pastor Payne. And I'll tell you a quick story of the lady in my church, the little elderly lady I had in my church when I was pastoring. She goes, Pastor, now, why they called you on the news, the Pastor of Payne? (laughs) <laughs> and you should be the pastor of love. I don't like that because God is about love, not pain. <laughs> yep, yep. So I said, well, I said, Mother, God, you know, Jesus. I said, Jesus went through pain, and that was the greatest sign of love because he died for us. And she was like, hmm, hey, that makes sense.
1: <laughs> That's good. I love it. I love it. That's cool. Corey Miller, Pastor of Pain uh, on Twitter. That's his Twitter handle, Pastor of Pain. And and so let, let let's talk about your faith and and I guess very very simply but profoundly how has Jesus transformed your life?
2: Man, I tell you, it's really, you know, I grew up in, in in a country town faith in South Carolina right down the road from Charlotte. I had 10 brothers and sisters. Wow. And we were always in the church. My mom and dad were faithful. My mother was a faithful servant and usher board and uh, food feeding ministry and feeding our people in our community. My dad was a, a head deacon for fifty something years in the church, and we we had a, a gospel choir called the Family Singers. We traveled after our church uh, every Sunday to go to go other churches and sing it. Uh, so I grew up in the church. I always knew who the Lord was, Jesus was. I mean, it was it was instilled in me from ever since I can remember, going back even to my grandmother's. I mean, it's a generation of. of of Christianity in my family. So I went through that, but as I went through life and got to college and even the pros, I really felt like I wasn't a Christian because I was living a life that that really mimicked how people that were non-Christian live. I was, you know, abusing alcohol. I was sexually immoral. I was, you know, there was nothing that was Christian in me of my actions. Mm. I, I believed I had a head knowledge I believed in Jesus Christ. I was an atheist. I was an agnostic. I believed in going to church. I went to FCA. I went to Athletes in Action. I went to chapel. I did all the things, basically religious stuff. Hmm. But I had no relationship with Jesus Christ until 1993 uh, when I heard Pat Kelly speak in uh, New Jersey uh, through uh, our, our, our chaplain, Dave Bratton. Uh, that night I went up to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in 1993. Uh, and, and, and my life began to change. But it was a roller coaster because, I, you know, and that's what happens so much today. People, again, they they have this religious factor, and my life was up and down. I mean, I battled things up and down, up and down, until I fast forward 10 years down the road after my career, after a failed business in a suit store where uh, I lost, uh, you know, probably over a million dollars, money that I had saved which was a lot back then. I had a partner that wasn't uh, doing the right things, mm. uh, put me in a, a horrible predicament. I resulted back to the, my worldly ways of drinking and sexual immoral. So I, my Christian mom and dad, I was unfaithful in my marriage. Uh, and then she wanted a divorce, and my life was on a diamond spiral. And in 2003 in Charleston, South Carolina, I just came off the road with Hootie the Blowfish, or Dave and those guys are my best friends, and they tried to get me out. So they kind of helped me with stuff I was going on, but I just kept going downhill. And when that tour was over, I heard that the devil, Uh, Whisper an echo in my ear to kill myself. I sat there uh, that dark night with a 40 caliber gun, uh, getting ready to take my life. And uh, but when I was seven, eight years old, my great grandmother told my mom and I that day that God had a plan for my life. Mm. That God, she said, just like this Ethel, who was my mother, Ethel, God's gonna use that little boy. Mm. And she just rocked in her rocking chair that night. In the darkest season of my life, with a gun in my hand, listen to the echoes, of the voice of the enemy saying, "You're hopeless. You're helpless. You lost your money. Nobody wants you. Your wife don't want you. Your friends don't want you. There are all these people that loved you while you need to live? You know, end it all." But I heard that voice of grandmother, and thank God today I, I'm here because I did not pull that trigger. I did not do follow through. So I packed up and moved back home and uh, tried to resurrect everything. That didn't work out, but my relationship with Jesus began to grow. And then the Lord told me in a dark night in a rented house uh, where I had no power, I had nothing but a a fire. uh, He says that I'm your God in a dark place. Mm. And I want to teach you how to go make giants for Christ. Mm. You know, people gonna look at you a football giant, but I want you in turn to help lead men to be real giants for Jesus Christ. And I've rededicated my life back to the Lord. And That's how my ministry came about, and that's what I'm doing even today. Uh, God's called me back into the ministry full-time, I rededicated my life again because I just felt like, God, you're taking me somewhere higher. and uh, and That's what I'm doing pretty much on a faith-based ministry to, to try to help men, help athletes to become real giants and tell them really what life is all about. And That's a relationship, not religion, but a relationship with Jesus Christ, making him your Lord and your Savior.
1: Amen! Wow, what a powerful story from Corey Miller, the pastor of Pain, with us right now on Unpacking It, and I really appreciate you sharing that. I mean, gosh, that's uh, that's powerful stuff uh, from Corey Miller, and and his ministry is called Giants for Christ, and it's g the number four c So g four c ministry dot com. And and so as you go and speak and and you speak to student athletes, but you also you know speak at churches and and that sort of thing. What are some of the the topics that you're most passionate about that that you enjoy speaking and, and sharing about?
2: You know, really, it's the biggest thing that God has really been speaking to me. It's kind of what I just said. I mean, you know, for me, making Him Lord, mm. I, you know, and and God has called us as men to be the spiritual leaders the spiritual heads of our families, you know, we are to lead spiritually. And I didn't know that for a lot of years, just here recently, really what that meant. How Hmm. do I lead my wife? How do I lead my children? You know, God has called us to be that. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, ate of that forbidden fruit, God didn't come out and say, Eve, where are you? He said, Adam, where are you? Hmm. He called, because Adam, who is the one that he called. He made woman from man, and he called us to lead. And, and what I see now uh, dealing with men and with young men is that they don't understand leadership, spiritual leadership. Even men who know the gospel don't know how to really love their wives, Christ, of the church. I didn't. Mm. You know, to, to pray with my wife, to, 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 to lead spiritually. How do, I, how do I lead my kids and be an example to them what it means to lead in that way? That's what I'm passionate about that because because when the when you take the man out of the equation look at him we take the man out of a home we, you know we take that affects who the kids the children and more importantly the young men mm. when when that, that that father figure isn't there mm. and it's important and the Lord's been speaking to me' it's, it's just so important that we go get our men back. And, and 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 I just uh, shared this with some men the other day. When I think about David, when they came back uh, from war, to, uh, to, uh, and they went back to Ziglag and and they got back, and their women and children were gone, and they're, they're just, the town was burned up, and they cried and they wept, and then they got up, and David got that ephod and inquired of the Lord when his own men was going to turn on him, but God told him to pursue. So that is my message today: to get up. We've wept, we've cried, we've been on. We, we've got things burned up by the enemy. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy our children, our families, our marriages, our ministries. But it's up to us as men to get up and pursue and to pursue the Lord and pursue our, our families and pursue, you know, these young men out here who are, who don't have a father figure, who, who are, you know, something else becoming their God, the streets or, or drugs or women or other things, idols. So we got to really impact men. And our young men. And that's what this whole ministry now, which God has called me. And that's, that's what I'm passionate about, man. Because, you know, I, I've been through a divorce. I've been through hurt. I've been through setback. I've been through a well, season I wasn't a father. I needed to be to my kids. And and, and I'm passionate about really firing men up to, to to really lead spiritually and to become a real giant.
1: Oh, I love it. He's Corey Miller, former NFL linebacker played with the New York Giants and and now has a ministry called Giants for Christ and uh, man love your heart and passion uh, and appreciate you sharing all that with us today here on Unpacking It and and as I was looking at your uh, your Twitter account Pastor of Pain uh, I just wanted to get your just kind of initial thoughts on a couple words and, and and the first word is surrender what what does that word mean to you surrender Wow
2: that's an awesome word man. That means really just giving it all up. Mm. That means just bowing down. That means quitting yourself and just saying, God, here I am. Mm. And that was part of what I had to do the last year was surrender. Can I tell you that surrender normally don't come unless there's devastation. Mm. A lot of folks have a hard time, like Corey Miller, of surrendering unless it came came through a really tough difficult time but when you do when you just say god i, I quit being lord in my life you become lord i quit trying to do things on my own you know i'm waving that white tag. i give up that's what surrender means give up
1: mm. give
2: up yourself and allow god to take over that's what surrender means
1: I love it. I love it. One other word that popped out to me as I was looking at your Twitter account, the word humility. What have you learned about humility?
2: Ooh, well now, I asked God. I said, I know a lot of people like taking selfies. I've done a lot myself. <laughs> but take take a spiritual selfie. Take it and say, God, I want to take this camera and show me my heart. Show me myself. And, and, and man, I had a lot of pride because the opposite of humility is pride. Mm. And when I had God humble me, I mean, that means becoming a place of lowliness. Mm. So when you say humble, I mean low. You know, he that knew no sin became sin. Jesus even humbled himself, became low. Mm. He became a, a servant. Humility becomes low. That means putting in anything else, your wife, people above people, above yourself, and you become low. Humility. And that's what I had to do. I had to make myself low. I want to, you know, where it was about me, even in my marriage, I had to learn to put my wife, because God said, love your wife, said, Christ off the church, giving yourself up, become low. Make her more important than anything that you have going on, and that's humility. And God had to teach me what that meant, and that means to become low, a statue, a statue of being low.
1: So good, so good. Well, let let's end it on on that note. Let, let's end it in humility and, and that encouragement for all of us to uh, to seek humility and and surrender to the Lord and and follow Him each day. And so, uh, man, just uh, love what love what you were willing to share with us today here on Unpacking It. And, and again, you can follow Corey Miller on Twitter, Pastor of Pain, and check out his website, G Four C Ministry. Dot com Corey, great to connect with you and really appreciate you being a part of the show today. Man,
2: thanks for having me. And everybody that's listening, get up and pursue because what God has for you is going to be amazing. Thanks for having me, brother.
1: Amen. Amen. Absolutely. There's Corey Miller joining us here on Unpacking It.
0: For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackin'it.com. That's UNPACKINIT.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and unpacking it ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackin'it.com/slash donate.